0: This is episode 122 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this podcast, we're going to tackle the issue of why America as a whole has stopped going to church. We're going to tackle this issue from a Hebrew standpoint and try to explain why this is. So, sit back and relax. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go!
1: of the harvest You're my life you you make everything right this is rabbi robert b homer jr and sean Appleton. And this is hebrews in, in exile. exile this is a place where every time that we meet we start this this thing out laughing because you know what we have so much fun Talking about matters that are so uh, intricate with our people and trying to inform them with the facts that is going on around us. Oh, and you know we sure. we look at each other and we start laughing because it, <laughs> because the situations are quite comical. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's 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 borderline, you know, for our people delusional on how they think and and how we've progressed thus far, and we still don't see the most most high in a lot of things that we do. But it's you know I, I think it's just happy to be back, you know, in front of front of the microphones again to be able to talk about the things that are germane to the most high. Right, right, just, right, right, and then, you know it's it's it's, for, it's it's a it's
1: joy. a it's It's a lot of fun (coughs) number number one Ah! you know what the greatest greatest, you know what the greatest you know what the greatest joy is that i have and what makes what makes it fun what's up it's we're expounding truth absolutely yeah yeah it's
0: it's something where you know it's in its totality from its inception to even as we continue to learn, it's nothing that we've we, that we've arrived at yet, and it's a truth that is can stand on its own.
1: We continue to expound truth. Yes, emit. Now I have a model, you know. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> what that model is? Yeah. What? Yeah, truth matters. That's one. Two word matter That's Two-word one model. That's one. That's oh, the another, okay. <laughs> another word uh who what, one man's truth is another, man, is another man's heresy. All right. And all right. that seems to be where we are in this in this narrative of trying to explain to our people the truth that flows out of the mouth of the most high to his prophets, to his people. Sure. And to watch them treat that truth, like the pitcher to the catcher, mm-hmm. and shake it off as though it's nothing mm-hmm. is quite is quite is something, something to behold once you come to understand what truth is. Yeah, you know,
0: that and, let me piggyback on that for a second. The fact that, again, as we're imparting truth to have to see the thing that was there in the beginning with the most high, which was what? wisdom wisdom, and understanding be imparted to individuals and they're picking it up and having their lives enriched. One of the things, one of the greatest testimonies that I have when I first met you was, um, you had a congregation, a non-denominal, denominational congregation. Mm-hmm, yeah. And part of one of the, the motto or the creed or the mission statement was it is a life-changing ministry. Ministry, right. And it's exactly
1: <clears throat> what it has been. And, and that's, what that, been. that's what we've done. That's what we've done. That's what we've done.
0: Is infused at most high into people's lives, which is awesome. The interesting fact
1: that really uh, grabs my mind at this point in time is, Recognizing, and this is something that I said um, this past week as I was delivering my dissertation, Mm -hmm. Um, American people at large, but especially the melanated man at this point in time in our history, is in grave danger of witnessing all over again in a in a more uh in a more i don't know if it can be any any worse than what i forefathers for this father's went with. but looking at the melanated man in this exile being exploited being persecuted and being done as bad as or worse than our ancestors who were hung and our babies who were burned and Mm -hmm. so forth and so that history of of our of of slavery Mm -hmm. we are in a new kind of slavery Mm -hmm. uh we are looking at uh Mississippi passing, reinstating Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a government in this nation that we have been uh, uh, um, ex- been brought to. We're looking at this nation and we're trying to figure out how come they hate us so. Mm. One. Two, we're looking at the fact that the institution of the church is declining in America. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I don't know. I don't know if the numbers of decline, which they probably don't, uh, are affecting the black community as w- at the way it's affecting the white community. Mm. Now, I'm going to say this. Okay. I'm going to okay. say this. I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. All right. And I don't want ready. y'all to hear me. I okay. want y'all to hear me. Okay? The white Jesus... And the black Jesus are not the same. Well, uh, yeah. I, so when you talk about when you talk about Jesus to me, I need to know if you're talking about the white Jesus or you're talking about the black Jesus. Yeah. Because yeah. on the other side of that coin, the fundamental the fundamental Christians, which are primarily and basically of a Eurocentric uh, ethnicity, they are struggling. Mm. I'm reading an article in Apple News that talks about the misunderstood reason millions of Americans stopped going to church. Now, what I don't know is if in this number, it's also talking about melanated people. Mm. Although melanated churches, now now hear me, Mm. hear me. Melanated churches follow the same script that their Eurocentric counterparts follow. That's yes, this is very true. Very true. Very true. Which is the reason why I said in the last podcast mm-hmm. when the pastor's wife began to speak about Yahweh Elohim mm-hmm. God in a evangelical church and do it with such passion, I'm going, what? <laughs> right. And what I'm expecting to happen She can't be the only one that's doing this within the evangelical circle. Sure. That once our, our melanated people hear their Eurocentric counterparts doing, they're going to pick up that same, that same, that same. Like ideology. Yeah. That same narrative. and, And they're going to be able, they're going to start speaking on it. Also like, as I said last week, uh, in the black church we didn't know anything about praise and worship that's right it wasn't we until, yeah. we had choirs and choirs was our was our thing mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we have this influx of praise and worship from mm-hmm. maranatha mm-hmm. and from all of these places and 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 then we have people start to try to inject it into uh, our our black churches which kind of disintegrated choirs. Right, right, okay? right. But we didn't do it until our white counterparts did it. Yeah, even,
0: even still, could you even go back even further than that? Because I remember you speaking about the issue of of how pastors have this ability to hoop and whatnot and where they actually got that from. That goes all the way back to the days of, of our ancestors being in bondage and that whole entire structure of how church is set up. So we've learned, learned this particular religion from them. So every, it, it just falls suit to say, okay, if it's, it's picking up speed or it's, or it's t- catching fire over in the European style type churches, evangelical, you know, conservative churches, then it's only a matter of time. Like it's only a said, matter of time. Before it winds up in the black church and like you said, you'll hear preachers up there hooping, saying the
1: name Yahweh. Of, of Yahweh. Yes, yes. And trying to tell the story. Right. But, they'll be trying to, to tell, the, tell the story without having all the facts. You know what? You know what? I, I, I'm going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. An attorney cannot successfully represent his client without having all the facts. Mm-hmm. You and I have come to this point of understanding text, understanding the most high, understanding mitzvotes, that if we were placed in a position to be a a defending or a prosecuting attorney. Sure. Um, um they, they they wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, they had a real tough
0: time they wouldn't trying stand to chance. compete. Absolutely. And this is the other thing that's really interesting about that is is you say, okay, well, you know, you guys aren't you know, you haven't gone to the seminary, you haven't got gotten your credentials or anything. I don't necessarily have to have that at all, period. Because the text is written so plainly, plainly. that you can't really air in, in what it's saying, if you just, this is the reason why you go to seminary. Now, okay, I'm about to get on my soapbox right now. The reason you end up going there, this is one of my ideologies, is because you're trying to learn how to infuse man-made ideologies into the text of the Most High. Right. That whole entire diatribe of how the church works and uh, this is Christ and how this, you have to be taught how to infuse that into the text. You have to be taught how to make that stuff work with the text that's there. Because on its own, it will just stand the way it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, right, 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 right. And, um, (laughs) you know, but here's something that's interesting. I'm reading an article in Apple News this week, last week, and it talks about. The Misunderstood Reason Millions of Americans Stopped Going to Church. And it kind of talks about there's something like 12% of the population and uh, it has represented the largest concentrated change in church attendance in American history. And it talks about, like, why this is happening. Now, the article goes on to say that this change is also bad news for America as a whole. Participation in religious community generally correlates with better health, with better health outcomes, longer life, higher financial generosity and more stable families. That's not Black Church. Hmm. So what would you say? Better it, health, better health, longer life, higher financial generosity and more stable families. All of which are desperately needed in a nation with rising rates of loneliness, mental illness, alcohol, and drug dependency. So, what would you say that none of those speak to the black church? So, you're saying that demographic right there speaks? Speak yeah, that's to- that's that's not our demographic, except okay, okay, for people like Alan Parr. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have to understand who Alan
1: Carr is. He kind of <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, nothing against the brother, but. now the book goes on. To the the writer goes on to say that there's a survey of more than seven thousand Americans by the political sciences scientist Ryan Burge and another individual, Paul DePau, uh attempting to explain why people have left churches or de in as he uses, and what if anything can be done to get people to come back? The book raises the intriguing possibility. Tell the truth! What if the problem <laughs> isn't the churches? Isn't that the churches are asking too much of their members, but they aren't asking nearly enough? What do you think that means? Well, reading read an article... Wow, uh, you're not at, the church is not asking enough from its patrons. Okay, reading reading the arg- article, it talks about the idea of the church being more socially connected to its members to provide the necessities that individuals need to make them whole, as opposed to just. Teaching or speaking words like feeding and like, you know, uh, various social things that kind of make make people whole. But the other issue is that the issue is, is that a lot of people have left the church generally because of religious abuse, more general, moral corruption in churches have been driven, have driven people away. This is, of course, an indictment of the failure of many leaders who did not address abuse in the church. Now, listen, I know and you know mm-hmm. that that's systemic across across whether you black or whether you white. Yeah. Poor leadership,
0: uh, a low moral compass will always get people to run in the other direction. A mass exodus out of any place. Absolutely. Now, why
1: is that? Why do you think that is? Low, a low moral compass. Yeah. Why? Why do you think that is? I'm going to give you my knee
0: jerk reaction. You knee may jerk. not agree with it. No, no, come on. But it's okay. I, I, I think talk. the institution of churches nowadays is more of a capitalistic prowess than anything else. There is no, there is no fundamental rooting and grounding in truths of a matter, and so therefore because that perpetuates itself, people are gonna, let me just be more uh, plain. They're gonna get up in the front, in the pulpit, tell you what you wanna hear to get you to come back, not really interested in whether or not you have any growth or not. I think the whole entire, position of where they're focusing their energy and their leadership is in the, in the wrong spot. And people can see right through it. This is a place that's supposed to be wholesome. All those things that you talk about, community, um, uh, being a, a place where uh, a moral compass is held to a higher standard. And it's just it's just not. It's out for self. It's a capitalistic. I've oh, got to remember, it's capitalistic. We live in a capitalistic country. Period. Across the board, anywhere you see Christianity, you're going to see an infusion of this issue of a monetary, a declination or a a, a monetary. I'm trying to use all my big words and I sound kind of (laughs) like I'm rambling. But the point is, is that's my knee jerk reaction to is to say the reason that is, is because of a low moral compass is because the leadership has its eyes set on a bunch of white dead hypocrites printed on green paper and not for what it should stand for, okay. which is truth and making sure people have an understanding of that truth. That's what you think. That's... That's your knee-jerker. That's knee-jerk
1: my knee-jerker answer as to why this, there's no... Now, here's what I would say. Okay. The primary reason that the moral compass of corruption in churches is an abuse is so general and that has caused individuals to lose their sense of believing that quote quote god uh is protecting them from their leadership it's the fact that the leadership itself have absolutely no understanding of what's coming out of their mouth concerning the word of the most high. And, you, and, and and the people can see through
0: it. And, say, and the people
1: hey, can see through it.
0: Say, hey, and you know what? That's a very good point because that is a matter of fact, I would probably have to amend my answer and, and tack that I'm glad that you said that. A lot of people, you know, I'm a U, I watch YouTube. I've seen several of them congregations and them folk get up there and ask remedial questions. This says this here, and it says something else over here. And what is being explained coming out of the leadership's mouth is nothing that's germane to being.
1: It's it's truthful. It's, it's dog it's dog doo doo. <laughs> right, they're making stuff up to make it work, which now you can't infuse two doctrines together. Now, like now listen right. to this. Listen to this. Contemporary America simply isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life. Rather, it is designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. Mm, there you go. Such a system leaves precious little time or energy for forms of community that don't contribute to one's own professional life or as one ages the professional prospects of one's children working reigns in America and because of it community in America religious community included is a math problem that doesn't add up and that rightly so
0: you are reaping the fruit of of what you have burst into the atmosphere as follows how that religion is supposed to work. Ours works perfectly because it is the exact reciprocation or the exact diametrically opposed to what you just read there. Right. Ours is about community. Yes. We have mitzvot that talk about if there's the widow, she needs help, the orphan that needs help. Matter of fact, many of our mitzvot deal with community and that responsibility to the community from its leaders to all down to the individual. So I can see why, yeah, there's a mass exodus if you're citing those reasons as to why we're leaving. But the most
1: highs, the way it's set up over here is, is perfect. You see, this article goes on to say that the idea of being engrossed in individual accomplishment in work and what have you, now has become so great in America that I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. I'm tired on Sunday. So because I'm tired on Sunday, I have to make a decision. Do I go to church or do I stay home? Or the question becomes one. If one of my friends asked me to come to a Sunday brunch, do I go to Sunday brunch or do I go to church? <laughs> now I'm feeling guilty about whatever, but the ch- chances are because I'm so enamored in my work, and success <clears throat> that I'd rather go sit with my friend at a brunch than to spend hours or time in a congregation that's not helping me achieve my individual goal now do, do you think that that's the reason why
0: why most pastors have now uh, gone from actually a, a teaching to more of a, you know, like a Tony Robbins session on where or how I'm going to help you fix yourself, like free therapy, because that's the only thing that's appealing to people at the particular time is to say, you know, I'm not coming in here to learn anything. I'm coming in here for you to tell me, give me a word of encouragement or some type of of adoration so I can make it through the next six days so
1: um, I can be uh, successful in what I'm doing. I mean, it goes on to talk about maybe the baby isn't sleeping well. And when Sunday morning comes around, it's simply easy to stay home and, and catch whatever sleep is available as the baby finally falls asleep. In other cases, a person might be entering mid-career working a high stress job requiring 60 or 70 work hours added to the 15 hours of commute time. Suddenly something in their, in their, like, like two-thirds of their waking hours of the week are already accounted for. And so when a friend invites them to a Sunday morning brunch, they probably want to go to brunch, but they also want to go see their friend because they haven't been able to see them for months, and the friend wins out. See, as you're reading that, I, I, I'm kind of suspect of of
0: kind of the the nature of the the way the author is going with this particular issue. Because that's saying, you know, Again, you're putting in the regular work hours, I mean work week, you work 40 hours a week and then you're you're putting in all this extra time. I I don't know if, at least in my industry that I'm in, I'm not seeing excessive amount of hours coming out of people. And plus, and the way that it's set up, you got Saturday, the way they look at it, to rest. And then your day of worship is on Sunday. So you got a preemptive day Prior to that, I, normally what I'm seeing in the in the professional executive world is individuals that are working 40 maybe 50 hours a week. So that is, the the article maybe is is striking me as if you know people are working six days a week and they just ha- don't have any time for anything at all. No family, no nothing. Just work, 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 work. And I don't have time to go to church on Sunday to hear this.
1: Well, but you see, I. I you see that's the way they think mm. remember i believe this article is more germane to the non-melanated people than it is to melanated people however we're copycats mm. we're co- we've always been copycats mm-hmm. we do we do what They do. They validate for us what we can do. Mm -hmm. You see, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am literally within the consciousness of my mind, soul, and spirit. I am upset that our people are still functioning with a slave mentality. And they don't even know it. Right. They've been born into this...
0: This this hive mind that tells them this is the way it should be, and it's very difficult for them to uh, to separate themselves from that way of
1: thinking. You know, the, article, the article goes on to say, uh, but a vibrant life-giving church requires more, not less, time and energy from its members. It asks people to prioritize prioritize one another over over career to prioritize prayer and time reading scripture over accomplishment. This may seem like a rough like a tough sell in an era of de churching. If people are already leaving, especially if they're leaving because they feel too busy and burned out to attend church regularly, why would they want to be a part of a church that asks so much of their church? Great time?
0: question. I'm asked I would be asking the same thing. You you just established as your precedent that the reason people aren't coming from um, maybe a, a a European church society, for them, it's, I work too much. Now, so why would I wanna go to a church that asks me to do more?
1: Now, I'm gonna say something to you. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into us in a minute. Cause I, I'm, I'm gonna stop the reading here. It's a long article, okay. but I've given you, I've given you the key points as to why this article, this author feels like people are leaving the church. And I'm gonna say this, more than likely the numbers are also down in the melanated church. Oh, sure. Because we have a we have a lot of our people that that just don't want to be who they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the a couple of things that I've heard
0: as to why people are leaving the black church or the melanated church is because of these old, sometime old timey rules that are instantiated, uh-huh. um, things that they read in a text that they say that has nothing to do with how this particular congregation is set up, the, the blatant hypocrisy that happens that um, literally, again, g- going back almost to the same issue uh, that I first talked about, which was you see things here and, there is no, and there's a contradictory text somewhere else and no one is able to answer that question. Answering things that are remedial, even about Shabbat and how, and are the mitzvot done away with? A way to explain, and you say, well, if this is the case and the Most High is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then why in the world? It, it's, it's answering questions in a way that makes sense And because they're not getting the answers that they need, they tend to walk away. But like I said, it's really a twofold issue. Actually, a twofold issue, I've heard, the most of. Number one, the stipulations that the the black church puts on folks, like, let me give you an example, getting sat down for stuff that ain't even in text. (laughs) You You need to go remove yourself from your position in the choir because
1: of some external reason well, well let me let me let me <laughs> speak to the whole and you hold your second but don't forget your second point okay um <laughs> it's interesting that it depends on what denomination of black church we're talking okay about. yeah that's true too see yeah I and mean, now in the apostolic pentecostal jesus jesus only churches that's kind of how they rule by policy hmm. you know uh uh um what's the what's the word? Uh I'm trying to think of the phrase. Um I can't remember the phrase now but that was used all the time. But you know, uh, they they they're watching over you to protect you mm. from the errors and the, the issues of sin. But while they're doing that, they do not know what sin is. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you're trying to protect me and sit me down because I went to the club, or because you saw me. I, I wore I, I wore some clothing that doesn't seem to fit the narrative of the policy of the church.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Or for some other frivolous activity that is common to people, but but. Those people are of the world, and you're supposed to come out from among them and be different than they are. You're not supposed to be doing what they do. However, when I look at our text, Mm -hmm. as I had to explain to some people while I was out of town, the most high doesn't care if you smoke a cigarette or a cigar. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's harmful to your health. Sure it is. But... That's not a violation of anything that he calls sin. Right. Or if you're drinking a glass of wine l- for that The yeah. doesn't care if you drink a, mo- a glass of wine or or have a, a shot of bourbon or, or rum or whatever the case may be. Just don't be drunk under excess. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's not a sin. Sin is defined by the context that's written in our Codex that is written across the street where they said it was a sin to violate the divine law oh and by the way yeah by the way by the way by the way by the way (laughs) this is interesting um i was looking in matthew henry's commentary the other day and i forget for what oh i know what i was looking at i was looking at i was looking at the text in um in First uh, John, chapter three, I think it is, or chapter one, verse three, or whatever it is, where he talks about uh, sin is a violation of the law, uh-huh. and 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 Matthew Henry tells that yeah, he says to violate the divine law mm-hmm. is a sin, but then he comes back on the other side of his mouth and says, but but. We don't operate by the law. We operate by the fruit of the Spirit. I go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, you, you know, now I'm confused. But my getting, my getting to your point is that questions like that, right. uh, the, the, the Christian church can't answer. That's right. And, and the problem is, is that the majority of Christian pastors, even those that have been to seminary, Can't answer those questions. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two, the two big to confront individuals who call themselves bishops can't answer those questions. It's not that they don't have the. See, now we're getting into another, another, another topic. But my point is, my point is not leaving, not leaving the, the the narrative of what we're talking about. Why people are leaving are leaving churches. That happens to be one of them. They're not getting their answers, their questions answered. That's, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, I got I to gotta go back to this. I have to go
0: back to this because it's right here and it's on my mind and I've been thinking about this and I'm thinking about putting this as a part of my monologue actually when I talk. You said something that really sparked something and it was talking about, you said something, these bishops, these pastors, these evangelists, these so-called prophets can't answer those questions. And then when you're presenting, it's not as if these people are not astute. These people are smart. They can go and they can own businesses. They can have uh, 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 have a, a, a myriad or a plethora of things. They can be engineers, they can be lawyers, they can be all these types of things that give them the cognitive ability to understand. So why is it that they can't get this? So part of me thinking about this whole entire thing is, any time that I'm confronted with dealing with somebody, because I think I know you may be getting ready to talk to somebody here in the future about some of this, <laughs> is this I'm in I'm in actually in an awe and an adoration of the Most High when I'm confronted with somebody that says and I'm presenting this information to them and I'm saying you're smart and I know that they can deduce the information logically for themselves, but they have a blockage. I'm actually in awe of the Most High and I praise the Most High. Why? This is the reason why. It's because the Most High thought enough of us to let us see it and them not. I thought about what happened to our ancestor, Moshe, when he went and he spoke to Paro and the answer was already going to be given to him. I'm going to harden his heart. There's no answer that he's going to give you other than No, I'm not going to. It's the same thing that's happening today. Is it too big for the Most High to act upon somebody to say, you know what? They're not ready to receive it because in the text in 1 Samuel, it talks about King David, or Melek David, before he became Melech David, it says that I see the inner workings of a person. I see that person's heart. I know where it is. And sometimes their heart is not in a right spot to receive text. So therefore, I praise the Most High by saying, if you're rejecting what I'm telling you and I'm giving you information that you can clearly deduce, it's not hard to understand this. Not at all. But there's something, there's a stupor that's been put upon you that says that you're not ready yet to receive it. And I praise the Most High that He allowed us to, out of <laughs> everybody, to be able to say so. Like I said, I don't even get in my feelings anymore when somebody don't receive it. I just praise the Most High and say, you know what? Thank you. Here's here's for allowing.
1: That. Here is first of all, I want to I want to <laughs> say this, and I'm, then, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna I'm gonna address this. Okay. In the book of Jeremiah, the Most High calls his people stupid. Daddy does. <laughs> Daddy he you're does. stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. Come on, because you're going to get into my miracle.
1: Now, <laughs> the problem is, That arises is that in order to be where we are, and I want you all to hear me really good, in order to be where we are, there is one systemic phrase that governs our journey, and that is our desire. To know the truth, sure. That's that's the simple. That's the simple equation. Mm-hmm. And we approach the Most High with a sincere and dedicated heart for Him to teach us and show us mm-hmm. the truth. Sure, absolutely. If that's not if that's if that's not your desire, then you have blinders on. And you're like the children of the the, the 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 opulent nation of Israel, who spoke to the prophet when the prophet came to prophesy to them. They said to the prophet, "Tell us lies. Hmm. Don't tell us the truth. Tell us lies." But yeah, tell us what we want to hear. And so when we look when we look at this nation that we're talking about, Hebrews in exile, Yahweh's exiled empire is filled with people just like our ancestors who would rather be lied to than told the truth i gotta can i please hey I'm, i'm 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 resting for a minute i told
0: you off camera and off recorder about this issue of a miracle
1: yeah But you didn't tell me what the miracle was. I didn't tell you what the miracle was.
0: We've stated what the miracle is several times. And when someone asks me what a miracle is, just like I give my dissertation about what blessings are, and I say blessings come in multiplicities. They don't come in just one-shot deals. Blessings continue to keep... That's why breathing is a blessing. That's why walking is a blessing, because it's something that your heartbeat is a blessing, because you continue to keep getting it when you don't deserve it based on your actions. I have redefined how I think about miracles too. Because if somebody were to ask me what the greatest miracle is, it's what we're talking about right now. We're living in a perpetual miracle. Miracles to me now are not the fact that someone parted the most high part of the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. A miracle, that's not a miracle to me. Because we're talking about the most high from oneness that created all things. Him moving physical attributes in physics, water being moved on its own, rocks being moved, water coming from rocks, all these different types of things, animals coming up and doing whatever they're doing, the ground opening up. Do you think that that's too hard for the most high? Is that a miracle to the most high? No. No. Oh, no, it's a miracle of man. It's a man. A man perceives it as a miracle yeah. because it's moving some physical element because it's saying there's an impossibility that's in right. place. So what I said, I don't even look at it as a miracle anymore. You know what I look at it as a miracle? What? The return of the most highest people back to this. That's a miracle. Because literally, literally, if you look at the state of all folks and what we just explained, if you look at all the prophets... Try to get us on one accord. Oh, no, we can't. Try it. Can't do it. How long have we been in exile out of the land? And I'm not talking, I'm going past slavery. I'm talking about go back into, into oh, yes. this.
1: Yes, yes,
0: yes. For a very long time. Yes. This is a, the most high is, is, is saying, listen, I am, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Elohim that can take this blinded stupor of a people. Whom in the prophets calls, he calls, like you said, eloquently. They call them stupid. And I will make them a nation and leader of people. No one looks to you as to be a leader of anything other than chaos, confusion, and crime. The Most High is going to use this melanated group to show the world his power. That's a miracle. Moving some water ain't jack squat compared to this. That's child's work compared to getting a nation of people that has been dispersed to the four corners of the world and have them to
1: be able to come back on one accord be one people with one language um, have you been reading Ezekiel <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like Ezekiel that that's the
0: miracle and it's a slow burn it and you're seeing it unfold in our dispensation of time. That's what a miracle is to me now. Because, like I said, moving some ground that the Most High created the heavens and the earth. It's nothing for him to open up the ground and swallow up some folk if he needs to or move some water out the way if he needs to in order to get his people from point A to point B. The real miracle is getting your mind. Because what we're talking about right now is a psychological slavery that's happening. They're not physically putting you in change. They're reinstantiating Jim Crow laws to reinstantiate a fact of having your mind being institutionalized so you don't think of anything else other than this diminutive state that melanated people need to be in. That's the bondage that we're talking about. And when you talk about generation after generation after generation continuing to perpetuate this, you get further away from what our community is supposed to be. And if this continues to go on like this, I can't wait to see what happens with the Most High, the Most High turns this around and gets us back into the land so we are in front instead of being behind. That's what a miracle is to me, not moving some physical attribute.
1: Well I don't quite remember where it is in the book of Ezekiel but it's in the latter the latter chapters of the book of Ezekiel. But we have to go over to Jeremiah who, to hear what the nations have to say about this whole issue. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, who writes these words, it says that our fathers inherited, inherited lies. Yeah. That statement is germane to the words of the nations speaking about what they're witnessing in what they're witnessing to, with Israel being back under the influence of the Most High, living safely. In their unwalled cities and living like they did before the diaspora, Mm. that's what those words are about. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're looking at you because we thought our fathers told us that you had abandoned Israel because of the way that they have abdicated you they've abdicated your laws and they're worshiping worshiping other elves. therefore we were told that you had forsaken them that's what jeremiah is talking about
0: mm-hmm.
1: we come fast forward into the book of ezekiel latter chapters and the most high explains see here's let me let, let, let me take a let me take a let, let me show you let, let me talk about how the prophets work all of them have the same they have they follow the same script the prophecy is going to open up by talking about Israel's origin hmm. it's going to switch to Israel's Sin, mm-hmm. it's going to switch to the Most High's anger and all the things that He's going to do in relation to it. And the fourth thing is going to finally wind up talking about their redemption, where He's not no longer anger, mm-hmm. and He's talking about bringing them back into the land. Mm-hmm. The latter parts of Ezekiel speak to what you say. The Most High says, "When I have." And I'm paraphrasing, when I have redeemed Israel out of thy diaspora and bring them back into the land and you find them living in unwalled cities in peace, he says, then you will know that I am Yahweh Mm -hmm. who did this. Right. Right. This is the miracle that I did. Yeah. You didn't think that I could take a hard headed, stiff necked people mm-hmm. and bring them back co easily together mm-hmm. and live peacefully in the land, worship me as the one significant L, mm-hmm. have their language back, mm-hmm. have their temple back have their calling him back and have King David as their, as their anointed Mashiach mm-hmm. in the land living in peace. You never thought that can happen, but I did that. Right. That's right. the miracle. Yeah. That's, that's, and it's a beautiful thing. That's in Ezekiel. Oh. And I'm paraphrasing. That's wow. <laughs> great minds. Here's the thing, people listen, listen, well, the the issue of this article here is that from a hebraic perspective we don't do church no not at all we teach now if you say well i got to i got to come on saturday and i got to sit in the congregation and listen to you all for an hour or two well we're giving you vital information that is germane to the thing that you're running away from, which is community. Yes. Torah teaches community. Yep. Torah teaches having some sense of awareness of the community and the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. And if you're not being taught that, then you won't know what to do or how to respond to it. Our task is to teach Torah mitzvot that's what the most high has instructed us to do within that we have to bring in the culture and the attitude of israel so we know how to make these mitzvot work in our lives Mm -hmm. that takes time (laughs) yeah just like just like you go to school to get a degree you got hey you and fashion when you had to go sit up in four or five classes every day for 45 minutes. That's right. To learn. Now that you learn, you go, oh, I don't have time to learn anymore. I just don't have time. I'm stressed. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly when the things that we teach here in Hebraic context, the Most High says to us, these words I'm giving you today, they shall be life Life. to you absolutely therefore choose life yeah i hope we've given you something to think about in today's today's podcast i think I, i hope that you i hope that you understand our heart and the intent of our heart it's not to lead you down a path of of rabbit holes no it's to expound into the consciousness of your mind The thought process of the Most High and how he thinks about his people and what he has planned for his people that you're never hearing on Sunday morning or in Wednesday night Bible classes. Because I'm going to say this, and I don't care if I'm quoted, and I don't think, if you call me, my head is big. The Most High's word, his word, is it takes place president over anything anybody else is trying to say that does not know the most high and i know i know we as black people we honor our leaders and we think that they're the greatest they're the greatest people on the face of the earth but my friend if they're not if they can't answer your questions and if they're politicizing their answers and if they're not telling you the truth That's like going to the doctor who knows you have a deathly situation, but he tells you lies because he knows it'll make you feel better. But all the time, you're dying. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're Mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. I don't have any time to... I don't have time to quit. I don't have time to to dance around the issues. I'm going to tell you the truth according to the Most High's word. I'm sorry if your Bibles don't contain all that truth. I'm sorry if you've been Hellenized and been influenced by the Greeks and the Romans. But the only way you're going to get to truth is you're going to have to honestly confront the Most High and open and be open to understand that if you ask him sincerely of heart to show you the truth i guarantee you he will do that and the reason why he'll do that because to him he follows the same model that i follow truth matters this has been rabbi robert b homan jr and sean appleton i say to you shalom, shalom.